the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you again, as usual, for joining me. I'm always very grateful and thankful. And thanks so much for the congratulations on my book. I'm very excited that it's finally out there and published, and you can get it on Amazon. You can uh, order it there, and it's called Wars to Peace. So, the, you know, you listeners that have been listening for a while know about this book. And we've talked about this book, and it's finally... It's finally out. So I'm so very glad. And I've had lots of really good, you know, reports. So I'm thankful, very thankful that I think it's kind of hitting home and that it's it's fitting into a niche that we've needed to have. And that's just really how we get along with one another. And so that kind of segues me into today and, you know, getting along with people and understanding people. And so I want you to think about a high-risk relator and what comes to mind when I say that, when I say, are you a high-risk relator or are you a low-risk relator? And I strive to be low-risk. I want people to feel comfortable with me, not judged by me. I don't want to complicate things for people. Um, I'm certainly able to confront people if I need to, and I can say the word no But I also know I can do it in a way that is still very human. And so I want you to ask yourself, are you a high-risk relator? What do people think or feel after they talk to you, after they leave some interaction with you? And so, you know, it kind of comes down to this. Now, some of this might be showing my age, but we don't really teach people anymore what they're responsible for when it comes to society. Now, see, when I was growing up, There was a big, you know, push when it came to manners. And we were taught manners when we were at home. 
Girl Scouts taught us about manners, you know, all these kinds of things. And I remember my family used to practice what we called the manner game. And what that meant is that at dinner, one person got to pick a particular manner, and they watched everybody during dinner to see if they broke whatever manner that they picked. And so it could be talking with your mouth open. It could be interjecting a thought when someone's talking. You know, it could be leaving the table without asking to be excused, you know, you know, criticizing the meal, whatever it was. And so it's interesting to me that manners have kind of gone out the window. And I'm sad for that because when, when um, societies teach and practice manners, they're more peaceful societies, and they feel better about themselves. And so, you know, what what do we do when when it comes to this that people don't feel responsible any anymore for themselves? And they say, if I, you know, if I get in a fight with my husband and I leave the house angry, and I interact with a stranger, I may assume that I can treat a stranger any way I want because I don't really know them, and I forget that that stranger that I've just insulted. You know, he may be going home. He may be going to work. He may have, you know, he may be going to the hospital, you know, going to their, you know, maybe interacting with their sick parent. Maybe, you know, the discourtesy, the arrogance, the lack of awareness, and not seeing strangers as human is oftentimes what fight, what, what starts wars. See, I can be nice to anyone, really. I can be nice to someone I don't like. I can be nice to someone I don't even know. And it's amazing how much we affect our world just one person at a time. And letting them go before, you know, using maybe uh, letting somebody else go in front of you if they have more groceries or helping someone if they drop their groceries or maybe letting someone into traffic. You know, this all works to settle down the central nervous system and help the person to not live in fight, flight, or freeze. And we've talked about this fight, flight, or freeze. And what that means is that once I get into that, and it can be, it can be something as simple as someone um, pulled in front of me and I missed the light. It could be someone, you know, certainly at the grocery store. It could be someone at work that just overlooks me and talks to somebody else. And I'm not saying that we have to be you know, these crazy, polite people. But I want you to understand that what happens is when we get that feeling of social hurt, that in the, in the world that we're socializing in, if we get hurt, then we go into fight, flight, or freeze. This is now trauma. And I don't mean that we, it, you have to go to a therapist over it. But what it does is it ignites the central nervous system and absolutely turns on the left side of your brain and turns on then, actually, the right side. So you start to have a whole lot of words which are on the left side, and it kind of moves over to the right side, which is the fight, flight, or freeze. And that means that I'm either going to take you down, I'm going to run away, or I'm just going to stand there and hope I survive the moment. And so if we are consistently having this, the, the automatic nervous system fired all the time, it's exhausting. 
I don't I don't know about you, but I'm sure that you've you've had that feeling of an adrenaline rush and then how it feels when it's over. You kind of your body feels kind of like rubber. And so this is what's happening in our society these days. People are going out of their house locked and loaded, and they're in their house locked and loaded emotionally as well. And so we want to think about, you know, that, the, that we have people in many ways that are, it's similar to this idea that, you know, how, how we act and how we treat strangers many times has a lot to do with how we act in public. So I want to be thankful for the people that are willing to take risks. And, you know, we have the majority of humans can be considered a good risk. So how do we help people stay safe for us? Think about that. Do we have any responsibility for their interactions? Or with their friends and family and coworkers or strangers? Do we have any responsibility for that? Think about what it would be like if, you know, to be considered a high risk to your friends and family. They said, oh, man, I think Cynthia's coming tonight. Everybody just, you know, get ready because you know what it's like when she's here. So think about that. How, how do you want to be seen by your family, by your coworkers, by the environment? See, I can choose to be a low-risk person, and that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to be susceptible to high risk. It means that I don't practice getting upset before I know whether or not I need to. So I can choose to be a low-risk person, which means I'm very cooperative, I'm very relaxed, I'm accepting, I'm nice, I get over small slights, I'm very easy to be around until I'm not. And so thankfully, that until I'm not is very, very rare. And, and this has a lot to do with my desire to be a safe person, my desire to not make the world a harsher place. And so, you know, have you ever, you know, wished that people you run into in the world would have a sign on them that said, hey, I'm high risk, go slow, move forward with care, right? <laughs> you know, attempt at your own risk. So, you know, this does not mean that, that we never risk on people. I mean, that would be absurd and lonely. But the majority of humans can be considered a good risk. They really can, even in today's world. And, and we see that, you know, I'm sure that you've experienced this. If you just let somebody in, you know, to the grocery store parking lot before you, automatically, hey, they wave, they're like, hey, thanks, right? It's little things like this that we know that in general, humans really like to get along. See, you have to remind yourself that we're pack animals. And pack animals really need the pack in order to survive. And so it means that, that I don't practice before I get to know whether or not you are a high-risk person. I give you the benefit of the doubt first. So I want to be thankful for the people that are willing to take risks. And they're the ones that make it possible to live in spite of a horrific injury or overcome a disease but, you know, you have to think about otherwise. You know, I want to make sure that these people aren't just killing us. And I don't mean killing us physically. 
that, you know, they're, they're causing us maybe to lose hope in society or to feel like it doesn't really matter if I'm on my best behavior. It doesn't really make any difference whether or not, you know, the, the clerk at the grocery store gives me back extra change and I walk out of the store with it when I should be saying, hey, you gave me too much or you gave me the wrong change. Because, again, we have to live with ourselves. So I want to be thankful for the people who are willing to take risks. You know, they're the ones that made it possible to live in spite of maybe having a horrific injury or ever overcome a disease. But otherwise, you know, we want to make sure that we need to think about these people, that for all the niceties we have had in life, maybe they've taken some even bigger risks. Even when we thought that people were crazy and our lives were much better maybe (laughs) without them or something, what we find is that people have a tendency to want to rise to the occasion. If they're given a chance, the majority of people really want to be good. And if we just will give them the opportunity to do that. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about this issue of high-risk relators. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And I also want to thank you again for your feedback on the book and that you all are purchasing it. I really appreciate that so much, and I'm so excited about this book. I've already had really good feedback from people, and that's the book Wars to Peace, Keeping Relationships from Going Nuclear. And so it really is the human manual. It just helps you in all kinds of different circumstances. It kind of gives you a roadmap as to how to maneuver through the craziness of all of us humans. So I think you will really like it. But today, we are talking about being a high-risk relator. And I want you to really think about that. What, what would make you a high-risk? What, what is a high-risk relator? Well, let's think about this. You know, let's think about the risk, the driver, the driver that's impaired, either by his own emotions or a substance or an event. And wow, how many accidents have occurred that should have never occurred because of these variables? They're impaired. And it isn't just because of drugs or alcohol. Maybe they didn't sleep well. So I want you to think about these things, that whatever it takes to drive a car should be something that you also engage in when you leave your house. Even if you're not driving a car, I want you to be on top of the vehicle that you live in. And so I want you to think about this. You know, have you ever, like, wished that people who you run into would have a sign on them that said, hey, I'm a high risk, go slow, move forward, you know, with care, attempt at your own risk? See, this doesn't mean that we don't ever risk on people. But it means that we have to choose to be a person of low risk. And that doesn't mean that I can't survive or protect myself. It means that I don't pull out that card unless I have to. If I'm in danger physically, 
emotionally, maybe socially. But otherwise, I can be very low risk. And what that means is, hey, if someone, you know, pulls in front of me, I'm frustrated, but I'm not going to pull out a gun, right? I can get over it. I don't like it, but I can get over it. So I want to be thankful for the people that are willing to take risks. See, they're the ones that made it possible to live in spite of horrific injuries or overcome disease. But, you know, this is why we need to think about these people and thank them for all the niceties that maybe we took for granted. Even when people thought they were crazy, right? They still showed up and acted in a meaningful and a risk-taking way with, with strangers. And those successful risk-taking actions actually make us stronger, smarter, and wiser. If we'll, we'll appropriately learn the wisdom of people and continue to do the same thing that we know works. Now, that also works in the reverse. How many people do you know keep doing the same thing over and over again that's really negative and very unhealthy, and they keep expecting to get a different result? See, I want people to really want to be a good risk. I consider myself a good risk. When I get up in the morning and I get ready and I go out into the world, I really want to be the best version of myself. I don't want to make the world worse simply because I left my house. And so this is important that we think that many times the very thing that helps someone be a good risk is maybe because someone risked relationship with them. And maybe they learned that they can change and that they can become the best version of themselves. So let's consider some indicators of a high-risk person. And what, what kind of person might be a mistake that you don't want to risk on? But what would be the person that just simply makes a mistake? We can risk on them, depending on how they handle the mistake. See, let's go over this saying again, continuing to do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, might mean that this person is high risk because they refuse to learn. So it doesn't mean that there may be a criminal, but they may be quite frustrating because they just keep doing the same thing. Now think of all the great explorers that we studied in school, the actors, the soldiers, you, right? Even me. The fact that you're listening to this podcast, that you want to be the best version of you, you want to learn how to take healthy risks and refuse to be a high risk, that you actually leave people better than what they were because of the time and the experience they had with you. It can be as simple as the driver that cut you off and realized what he did and let me back in, right? All of a sudden, it fixes it. He did a stupid thing, he cut in front of me, and then he let me back in, and wow, it's fixed. So if we can do these types of things that say, I'm not going to be perfect, but I can undo things. Now, if the person won't let me undo it, okay, that's their choice, but I can still feel better because I did everything I could to make it right. It can be as simple as helping someone with the groceries. You know, letting the car in, you know, when traffic is heavy. It can be something as profound 
as the willingness to forgive a terrible mistake that someone made? What if they even did something atrocious? What if they stepped out of their marriage? What if they stole money from the company? What if they didn't treat your kid well while they were babysitting? These are big things. So if that person is a fool, if that person is not a healthy risk, well, they they won't want to fix it. But you see, the person that is just just simply a mistake-making person, if you give them the opportunity, they typically will go above and beyond what they need to do to fix it and make it right. That is a good risk. That person is a good risk. So think about this. When we have the willingness to forgive a terrible mistake that someone has made and seeing that because of your forgiveness, maybe they turn their life around. Maybe they integrate that experience and pass it on. See, mammals learn through mistakes. They mimic each other's behaviors, and they also avoid pain, and they love to increase pleasure. So when you think about what would be some of the signs of a high-risk relator, I want you to consider some of these types of things. Maybe they're cynical and cynical in their sarcasm. Maybe they're just plain mean or snide. What about the people that expose your mistakes to other people versus the people that cover your mistakes and give you a chance to fix them. How about this? Lying and always having an excuse for whatever it was that they did and having an excuse for why they lied and maybe even making it be about you, like, you know, the famous saying, you can't handle the truth, right? (laughs) So I want you to think about this, that we can't change those people necessarily. They have to change if they want to change. But we can do this other way of learning. And that means that we learn what we don't want to be from that person. We learn what we don't want to do from that person. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about high-risk relators and the types of behaviors that they show. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm the host of this show, and I so appreciate you listening in and letting other people know about the show and the podcasts. And this is one of the ways that we can really encourage each of us to be the best version of ourselves. that when we go out into the world, we are one of those people that either heal or at least don't hurt people, right? That maybe we actually make their day better. Maybe we actually make their their life lighter. And so it doesn't mean that we're going to be Pollyanna because that's kind of silly. But the alternative to, to maybe not being like that is that you end up being what we call a high-risk relator. So when you think about that, I want you to understand that these would be people, like maybe when you were children, that your parents would say, we don't want you to go to their house because your parents might have known what was going on in that house, and they didn't want you to be exposed to that. So we really don't teach people anymore what they're responsible for and what they're not responsible for in society. 
And, you know, we, we actually allow people to act out in really terrible ways, and we don't hold them accountable for it. So let's say I get in a fight with my husband and leave the house angry, and then I interact with a stranger, and I may assume that I can treat a stranger any way I want because I don't really know them. See, this is a different take on society. We didn't used to be that way. We used to be that, hey, these are people, and we want to at least be a decent person when we're in public. So I'm hoping that at some point we go back to some of that. And I know that there's a lot of us, you and me, that really do want the world to be better. And we're not under any delusion that, you know, that it's going to be some great place and it's like going to be Disneyland or something. It's just recognizing that one person at a time, I can ease the stress of their day just by being nice. So have you ever wished that people you ran into, you know, would maybe have a sign on them that says, I'm a high-risk relator, you know, go slow, you know, go, go at your own risk, <laughs> okay? And really saying, okay, good, I at least have a choice. Because they're, they're telling me right off the bat that it may be super uncomfortable, really hurtful, and maybe even dangerous to interact with that person. So I want to be thankful for the people that are willing to take risks because it has become harder and harder to do that. We just don't trust humans anymore. And I know when I was growing up, for the most part, we trusted that everybody was good until they weren't good. And I would like to think that we as Christians, you know, or people that are aspiring to have, you know, a good moral code, that we would at least make the place that we interact better because we got there. And so I want you to think about this idea that mammals actually learn best through mistakes. Now, this is fascinating, at least to me, because mammals learn very well. Humans don't always learn as well. See, we have a tendency to want to learn by watching somebody do something or reading a book or finding out, it, hey, I like how that person's life works, so maybe I'll follow them, even though I don't know what they've done to get there and I don't know how they're staying there. And so what I want you to think about is that the way that mammals typically learn is through mistakes, through mimicking others' behaviors. Mostly, they learn by avoiding pain and increasing pleasure. So when you think about the high-risk relator, what would be the qualities that come with that person? Well, one of the biggest ones is lying. How about, you know, uh, tearing you down? Mocking you, laughing at you, not uh, accepting your opinions or your thoughts. A high-risk relator is someone that might even steal your ideas from you, but right before they stole your idea, they told you how stupid it was. Okay, these are high-risk relators, people that lie and don't really feel bad about lying. People that use other people to get the feelings they want to have because they are not willing to do the behaviors to garner their own good feelings. See, we're really responsible for our internal world. And if I get lazy, I'm going to want everything outside of me to make my internal world happy. Instead of doing the work that says, I make myself happy, therefore everywhere I go I can be happy. Not thrilled, okay? 
But I won't get into that sullen, ugly, dark, cynical way of thinking. Because I'm choosing how I want my internal world to be. You know, people that are high-risk relators, they tell your secrets, they expose your weaknesses, and they act as if they're doing it in fun. So I want you to trust your gut. You know when it's good-natured teasing. So this is Cynthia Hyatt. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about high-risk relators. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm very glad that you are here today. And I want to make sure that you can take advantage of a lot of the things that we have on the website. We have uh, study guides. We also have podcasts. I think they told me I have 500 podcasts at this point, which is absolutely unbelievable to me. But I'm very thankful that they're all out there. And so I have great assistants that help me out tremendously with getting out all this great information that we come up with. So we're talking today about high-risk relators. And how do you know if someone, their relating style is maybe high-risk? And so one of the easiest ways is to recognize, you know, are they sarcastic? Now, I'm a very sarcastic person. I am. I like sarcasm. But I'm not mean. I'm not vile. I'm not nasty in my sarcasm. I don't say sarcastic things to veil something I want to say but I know is probably mean. So sarcasm can be really fun, but it also can just be snide. And so when people are doing that, that means that maybe they're exposing your mistakes to other people versus covering you. And see, good friends, kind people, we cover We're like, we don't want people to be exposed unnecessarily and feel shamed and embarrassed and afraid. That that isn't a helpful, helpful thing. And so high-risk relators also lie, and they always have an excuse for it, and they minimize what they lie about. High-risk relators tell your secrets. They expose your weaknesses. They say, hey, I won't tell anybody about this. Then the next time you're in public in a group setting, they tell the story. And you're standing there looking at them saying, I thought I told you that in confidence. And so high-risk relators act as if they're doing everything all in fun. And if you get your feelings hurt, then they give you a hard time. They're like, oh, come on, get over it. You're being a baby. We're just teasing you. But you and I both know the difference between good-natured teasing and just being mean. So I want you to be able to trust your gut. And you know when it's good-natured teasing. See, high-risk relators exhibit some very common types of behaviors. And one of them would be taking advantage of people and their resources. So the hard part is some of these people do it so adroitly that we kind of feel good when they're doing it. And then, you know, a couple hours later or the next day we think, Why did I do that? Why did I give them all that? Why did I tell them that? High-risk relators, they take advantage of people and their resources. They might even say that they're going to use them for, for a good cause. But you find out later that maybe they took advantage or that they actually took credit for what you gave them. 
And so divulging embarrassing moments. Have you ever been around someone that does that to you? You know, it's kind of like what happens many times with siblings, but super painful as adults that maybe someone knows something about us, a weakness about us or an event that maybe we're not super proud of. And they decide that it's it's good, you know, discourse for the rest of the group. And that we can throw you under the bus, but we're all doing it in good, you know, in, in just in laughter. We're not really trying to hurt you. But it's mortifying. So they also have a tendency to minimize the efforts that you do make and minimize your talents. They are, you know, divulge embarrassing moments that you may have had. High-risk relators are typically very fun to be around, I have to tell you, because they're really good at relating. They're even popular. But somehow you might be having a good time with them, but you always seem to leave feeling like you're in a one-down position or that you kind of got slimed. You just kind of feel gross. It's like, why was that so funny? I don't feel like it's funny right now. Now, on the flip side, they also many times are very attractive, very enigmatic personalities, great in the moment, exciting to be with, sometimes even quite lovable. This is why I remind people, you need to know the breed, right? So sometimes those people that feel so safe to us because they, you know, bring a lot of, you know, fun and sarcasm and everyone's laughing. And so we think they're a really safe person. Then all of a sudden, wow, we find out they're not really that safe. And so, you know, it's kind of like when I tell people, hey, don't pet the cat backwards, right? Don't give a dog a goldfish bowl to live in. Don't walk behind a horse and think you won't get kicked. So you need to know the breed. And if you know this person maybe has a great personality but isn't really safe emotionally, then it's your responsibility to make sure you practice good boundaries, that you don't get lazy and decide that the person has changed somehow. That you say to yourself, I know this person. If I'm not careful, I'll be the butt of the joke. And so this is why it doesn't mean that we need to be mean or difficult or angry or shut down. It means we need to be aware. So we also want to make sure that we don't take our feelings out on people. See, high-risk relators do it all the time. They take their feelings out on you. They feel better and they say, oh, thank you. I just feel so much better because I talked to you. And you walk away like the walking wounded, right? So also high-risk relators don't like to be held accountable for anything. And so the things that they've done to you, they won't take account for. But they will hold you accountable, Their expectations are unreasonable. Putting another in a parental position or a clergy position or bosses in a weird position. So we want to think about this. I want you to ask yourself, do I live by a double standard? So I need to say, do I hold myself to the same standard that I'm holding others to? Am I willing to divulge intimate secrets about others? Because you enjoy the closeness that you get while you're talking about them. Do you think more highly of yourself than others? Are you impolite to strangers or the work staff? Are you a social climber? How about this? I want you to think about this. 
Do you change your value system or moral code depending on who you're with or at any given time? Does it, this mean that, that maybe you avoid different types of people because they don't let you, make you look good? See, this is where we want to practice. Wow, do I change my value system or my moral code depending on who I'm with? That does not make for a safe person. See, constancy is super important to humans. And when you think about object constancy, this is what causes babies to grow up and become confident and try things like crawling or walking or chewing food, going at, you know, being, having a babysitter. This is what helps mammals, helps people become stronger. So if you're in a, in a situation, in a relationship with someone, and they're changing the value system on an ongoing basis or a moral code to suit the, the, the opportunity that they have, then you might want to say to yourself, do I really want to be with this person? And if I do want to be with them, I probably better not give them secrets or be too close with them, go into business with them, right? And so I want you to think about your own personal value system. How do you interact with other people? How do you interact with people that come across your path on a daily basis? Are you a person that you can be proud of? Are you someone that you enjoy being with? You see, when I do couples work, this is one of the most important things that we talk about. Our value systems, our moral codes, we have to be in, we have to have a very similar value system and moral code. It doesn't mean on everything and it doesn't mean exactly. But in order to get along with people, to revere them, to be able to forgive them and to love them, there has to be these types of similarities. And so you have to understand your own personal value system and how you interact with people. And you need to make sure that you're trusting your gut. That, you know, have you ever been with someone or walked away from an event and it was really fun at the time and you leave and you kind of feel like you have that bad taste in your mouth? You know, and it's like, I thought that was really a good time, but I don't know, I'm kind of not feeling great about it. And you start to recall some things that seemed funny at the time because everyone was laughing, but it was really kind of mean or disgusting or vulgar. And so this is where you want to ask yourself, I need to make sure that I have people that have a similar, similar value system to me and that I interact with them more on a daily basis so that I can be the person that I want to be proud of. And this is very important when we think about what the Bible talks about when it talks about fools. And we have a tendency to think that a fool many times is just a stupid person. When actually a fool, no, that is not what we think about when we think about a fool. A fool isn't, it doesn't take responsibility for his folly. A fool is someone that is very willing to cheat. See, and a fool is someone that is hasty to be angry and that also is not wise in judgment. 
And so I like this Proverbs, this Proverbs eighteen twelve. It says, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. And so he has no, no delight in understanding. But when his heart is exposed and he starts to discover himself, it's embarrassing. And so a wise man, right, thinks about what he says. A wise man thinks about what he does. A wise man thinks about the ripple effect. And so God is very clear about not interacting with fools. Because if we do, it's contaminating. So I want you to be the person that is not the person that someone has to feel like they have to take a shower, you know, after they've been with you. That you're the person that they walk away feeling inspired, feeling like, wow, I think I want to work harder. Uh, you know, I'm kind of excited about my life, and, and I want to take a hold of it, and I want it to mean something. See, that's the person that I want you to be, because that's the person I know you can be. So when we think about this idea of being a high-risk relater, I want you to think about why. Why don't we teach people to be responsible for themselves and to be decent in society? And, you know, if I get in a fight with my husband, I leave the house angry, and then I interact with a stranger, I act like a jerk. See, why, why are we saying that's okay? Now, the main reason that we're talking about this today, about high-risk relators, is you understanding that humans are mammals and they need relationship. They need other humans. We don't do good alone. It doesn't mean we don't need alone time sometimes but we don't do well alone. So I want you to think about wisdom and honor and goodness and graciousness, kindness and mercy and forgiveness. And I want you to do that for yourself. I want you to do that for others as well. So God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please Take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.